Last time on Good Job Adventures, inside the Tower of Metal, the party had found themselves split. While Elagos and Ewell were investigating the central area and fending off metal mutts, the rest of the team was fighting off a possessed Oclay Boomer. He was never able to cast his ancient magics, due to Anders' anti-magic and Wilhelm's magical circle erasure technique. The party now finds themselves together again in the heart of the tower, but will they climb their way to the top? Find out this episode here at Good Job Adventures. Welcome back to Good Job Adventures. Uh, so, from where we left off last time, I believe that we all need to roll initiative as you are currently being um, accosted by two dogs and a metal man. Ooh. I got a, a 21. I got a 12. The first 21. <laughs> I also got a 12. Someone got the memo. Ow. I got a 15. I also got a 15. What the f- Am I the only one who didn't- I have no twin. It's okay, you, you can join the 12 crew. You've got the right digits. <laughs> Someone else got a 15. Alright, uh, at the beginning of the combat, Mitzi is uh, going to see that uh, Nid is kind of been turned into this metal monster uh, and seems to be uh, like angry towards the rest of you and they're going to begin to um, start a performance. Uh, Minty takes a deep breath. <gasps> La da 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 da. I'm and then you it. see uh, <laughs> up here with my sound. And you see uh, right above Nid, uh, a metal magical note appears. And you see a very faint silver strings appear to be connected to his joints. And then you see uh, Mitzi kind of seems to inspect it and then says, Eject. La da 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 da. And then you see Nid's cloak seem to rustle as he turns towards Mitzi. And from there, you see uh, the uh, metal colossus begin to slump forward on his knees as a green stone flies out from his chest and rockets towards Mitzi, who catches it. Is this reminding anyone else of that weird scene from the Star Wars holiday special where that woman's just singing? Yep. <laughs> Wait, it is Morgan? <laughs> Morgan, why? <laughs> it, it just... Well, I'm glad Morgan was thinking the same thing. Surprise. So, uh, I, d I don't think that Mitzi knows anything about a Star Wars special, uh, but then they begin to but sing But it's again. canon now in your universe, just like Greece. Stop this! Stop adding things to my universe, especially Star Wars. And then... Disney's coming for you, Finn. As soon as the uh, gem kind of uh, gets into Mitzi's hands, uh, they, uh, Mitzi says... Let's get rid of the extra parts. And then as soon as that happens, the metal note begins to vibrate ever so slightly above Nid, and it begins to expand and spark until it explodes in a thunderous clap and sends Nid hurling down towards the green ball of light and sparks. From there, he dissipates and 
large plumes of steam shoots shoot straight up into the ceiling. Uh, and that's going to be the end of Mitzi's turn. Wait, he, is he dead? Uh, from what you can tell, he's no longer uh, he's no longer around. Is he a square? Is he a square? Oh my god. Oh. Oh my god. All right. Ah. <laughs> uh, stop. All right. No references. <laughs> no making me look like a fucking moron. Don't introduce geometry into my world. <laughs> I don't know. I said all right. Fine. Right, just just to be uh, just to be clear, Finn. Yes. So her turn was like she stole a gem from the dude's chest and then made sparks in the air to kill him, right? More or less. The magical... So note. you've now added gem and the holograms to your universe. All right, uh, okay, it's, it's Abul's turn. It's Abul's turn now. Go ahead. Mitzi, did you just commit gemicide? <laughs> <laughs> that's... that's not allowed, Mitzi. They, they, that's I... been banned. No. He's going to make uh, you use that as your turn. Please go. I said there's no gemicide. Why'd you just wave your hand over my face? <laughs> I guess there Take is, your turn. There is no gemicide. So, yes, there is no gemicide. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to pick up a dog and throw it into the... Throw it off the thing into the, whatever that green light was. Okay. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, all right, so roll a contested athletics check. <laughs> so just roll athletics. Oh, no. I really don't think you can lose. Um, I got a two. I got a one. So, <laughs> I got I had a four. I have a minus two, and I got a four. So okay, uh, this thing—it still doesn't matter. This is a critical failure. So you pick up the dog, and it just—you throw it over the edge, and it goes into the uh, the green the green um, spark sparking light, and you see like a uh, a pillow, uh, like no, <laughs> it lands on that's a not pillow. The it lands on a pillow. It's safe. Uh, a, a a pillow of steam, just kind of like um floats up as as it kind of just makes contact with the um uh, with the orb and it does not pop out this time you notice elegos oh uh, yeah it's a no for me dog <laughs> uh so mitzi just begins to like to just, just stroke stroke her face uh and, and just in shame uh and is there anything else you'd like to do why it's not like that's a reference to anything or are you adding something else to your universe you shut the fuck up <laughs> it's <laughs> are you done with your turn i will and for my um i will use cunning action it's a bonus action to disengage oh wait oh wait i don't even never mind i don't think i'm engaged with anyone you currently are not next to anyone the only other dog is next to uh elegos all right so now it is well it's really it's a toss-up uh who has the highest decks out of Breathweaver, wilhelm and uh definitely not Wilhelm. Well, what do you have? Am I quiet for anyone else? No, I can hear you. We're just ignoring you. <laughs> yeah, we're just ignoring you. <laughs> so what are your guys' deck scores? Nine. Yeah, I'm I'm higher. I'm a twelve. Alright, so you get to go first. Congrats. Wasn't there a, you said someone else rolled a fifteen though, right? Yeah, the dog, it's currently lower than Breathweavers. It's got a it's got a negative it's got a zero modifier. So there's one dog left, is that right? That is correct. Okay. Cast it into the fire. No. <laughs> <laughs> How close to it is it to the edge? Destroy it. <laughs> it's close enough. Is it five feet? It's like ten feet. Oh man. Oh wait, wait. Can I spur to kick it again? Oh god. Okay, what do I roll for that? Athletics. 
Uh, it just rolls contested athletics. This is gonna be bad. Eleven. It rolled a twelve, so you fail. Okay, then I'm gonna use a sorcery point to uh, quicken spell, and then I'm just gonna cast inflict wounds on it. Okay, so go ahead and roll inflict wounds. Okay. Does a um <laughs> twenty six hit? Yes. Okay, I wasn't sure. I like the visual of Breath. We tried to kick the dog. It didn't go anywhere, so while his foot is still touching the dog, he just channels and flicked wounds through his foot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what's happening. I'm also going to cast it at second level, so that's 4d10. Okay. Let me find my other d10. Oh, Jesus. That's a lot. He could potentially lethal the dog. Okay. Shit! Fuck! Okay. We're good. I'm just gonna pretend that didn't happen. I'm gonna, try, I'm gonna pretend this whole segment didn't happen. Yeah, come on. 15. And now <laughs> I spilled all my dice on the floor. 4d10, you got 15? A 4, a 5, a 1, and a 5. Alright, well. Uh, so, you, you, you lightly caress your foot over this dog, and it takes 15 damage. Uh, and is, I don't think, is there anything else you can do on your turn? No, that's my turn. Okay. It is now the dog's turn. It's going to bite your foot. <laughs> Alright, does a, does a 14 hit? Uh... <laughs> is that your roleplay? Yes. Oh, it hurts. Does it hit? You said yes. Okay, it's you take 16 damage. That's going to be it for the dog at the moment. So now it's Wilhelm's turn. All right, uh, Wilhelm's going to walk up to the dog that just bit Breathweaver and smack it with his hammer. 19. You hit. Lit. Seven bludgeoning. All right, so you deal seven bludgeoning to the dog as it yelps back in pain. And now it should be um, either Elagos or Anders' turn. I'm not sure who has higher decks. Probably uh, Elagos. Probably. Well, what do you have for decks? Uh, Fourteen. That. Y- How did you think I had more decks? Morgan has no bad rolls. That's his lowest roll, I think. I, I have ten. Oh. Okay. All right, Ander first. Uh, I'm gonna toss an Eldritch Blast at this dog. Nat twenty. Eight damage. Uh. Oh wait, no. Thirteen. 13 damage. Okay. Uh, you, as you, uh, you can go ahead and flavor that as you kill the dog. So as, uh, as the dog is trying to bite Breathweaver's foot, I just kind of throw an Eldritch Blast at Breathweaver's foot and they both intersect. So Breathweaver takes the damage too. (laughs) Yeah. So Breathweaver takes additional thing. No, you're able to get, release his grip from uh, Breathweaver's foot and you see the dog just kind of dissipates and like into into shrapnel as it uh as it just explodes. Shrapnel, is that not the word? There's a weird em- emphasis on it. All right, fine. Uh, so you guys have successfully felled the enemies in the room, and you're out of combat. I feel like before we go on, we should just mention if it sounds like some of us uh just woke up, that is because that is exactly the case. <laughs> We're not recording at our normal time, and some of us. I think Morgan specifically are just losing it. And to give maybe a frame of reference, we started recording at 2.20 about p.m. <laughs> In the afternoon. It's not like it's a 9 a.m. session. I hate you all. They didn't need to know that. <laughs> this is, no, well, I mean, now it's funnier. Uh, but... <laughs> also, now the secret's out. 
So the only thing left in this room right now is currently all of you and the giant green sparking orb uh, that is towards the bottom of this uh, almost pillar-like room. And at the bottom, you can see the hardened, uh, almost rocky-looking corpses of, of the people who have already been absorbed by the by this uh, tower. So we saw, if I recall last session, we, me and Elegos, or Elegos and I, sorry, saw Dubilius and Fixus down there, and they looked to be, like, sentient. Are they no longer there? Are they absorbed into the thing, or...? So you you only looked you you saw them but you didn't like get like the the full picture. Uh, you saw Dubilius and Fixus are both down there, but if you want to go down and inspect it a little bit more, you would have to go ahead and do so. And you there is a way for you to get around the green orb. There's like about a foot around it, uh, like kind of like a ring that you could pass by and get to the bottom of the uh, pit. I'll do that. So as you guys get down uh, to the bottom of this pit, you, you see that there's just uh, different body parts of people that have been absorbed. And I will, if you want, please go ahead and roll an investigation check for me. All right. I got an eight. All right. So you take a quick glance around and you notice uh, that the bodies that you see here, they're almost complete you look at oakley boomer and it looks this is exactly oakley boomer it's 100 percent him uh but the fixus statue and the dubilius statue look to be almost complete so you see that fixus is like from you only see up to his chin uh is currently is currently like this rocky substance the rest like the rest of his head isn't there uh and you see that dubilius uh it's only the right portion of his face that is covered with the uh, with the rocky material, while the re- the other half of it is currently not. And you see that there are other assorted body parts down here, uh, such as just people's uh, like people's feet. Like you can just see like there's just stone feet and like kind of growing up the ankles. Does this does this green orb have like a thing with people's feet? No, it does not. Is this green orb named Quentin Tarantino? Quentin Tarantino orb. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino orb. Oh God. Dan Schneiderb. Schneiderb. <laughs> Why do we keep adding references? Stop. All right. So, like, this. <laughs> Dan Schneiderb. Uh, you see, like, it's kind of up to the ankles, and you kind of notice if you were to look at your coll- like your uh, your party members, uh, like figures currently not your own. Uh, but you can see like metal is beginning to creep up, uh, creep up them, and the rock seems to be expanding. Do we notice that, like, because me and Elias never notice we have this metal crawling up us. Uh, you take a look at yourselves, and you don't actually see this, uh, this metal, the, what you perceive as an illness at the moment, or spell, uh, currently on your feet, specifically. But you check your entire body, and you don't see anything. As you guys are kind of just taking a look around, uh, you see that, um, uh, you can, uh, you can see Mitzi kind of comes down there as well, and begins to inspect, uh, Nid's body, and kind of, like, uh, taking a look at it. And they kind of say to you, Mitzi just says, um, hey, have you guys noticed that um, all of these bodies seem to just be kind of all out of energy or just completely like barren? They're not even corpses. I didn't. Yeah, we, we were kind of more distracted by the fact that they appeared to be not flesh. Yeah, that, like that, that is a bit more concerning. Yeah. And you got that metal crawling up your Wilhelm. I know. Yeah, and it's it's crawling up pretty much everyone here as well. Pretty soon you'll have an iron liver. 
Yeah, you could probably use some of these people to uh, afford some new weapons. Make a weapon out of Ander. That could be All right, pretty that, cool. Now that's that's that just... is that is terribly morbid. Why me? But no one said Ander. I did say Ander. Oh, you did. <laughs> Ander, you love killing. Imagine if the your your final way out is being turned into a weapon. That feels fitting. But I don't want to die. Oh yeah, I forgot that was your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, what an Andrew thing, not wanting to die. I think that's more of a normal thing, you know, not wanting to die. Exactly. Especially not being turned to a rock. Speak for yourself. I'm Captain Wilfred Weatherville. I'd fear no man nor reaper. Well, good for you, but you know what, Owl? We really, really, really need to fix this. As I'm pointing to uh, my ankles. We really need fixes, am I right? And I tap stone fixes on the shoulder. Uh, you notice that on Fixus's body, you do see one portion of him that is not uh, covered in his, uh, like on his body that is not covered in this rock, and it's the emerald that is on his, um, it's kind of like on his chest. Uh, I'm gonna like take like a piece of cloth or something, wrap it around my hand, and try to take the emerald. Okay. Uh, so you wrap your hand in cloth, and then you're able to successfully pocket the emerald. Can I roll Icon on the Emerald? Um, sure. Go ahead. Want to see if I can determine if it's a Chaos Emerald or not? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Oh boy, another reference to put Vin in shambles. <sighs> Vin chuckled. You mean the Chaos Emeralds? <laughs> so what? 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 Uh, what did you roll? What do we know about? I got a six. All right. Oh. So you look. You look at this, and it's an Emerald. Congratulations. Nothing seems to be uh, terribly magical about it. Uh, but it's just a very nice, uh, just a very nice emerald that was on his brooch. Uh, Andrew, you read a lot of books. Do you know anything about this? And Mitzi, you targeted the emeralds too, suggesting you know info about it. What do you mean, the emeralds? Then you take something from Nid and crush it? Oh, no, no. Uh, that wasn't necessarily an emerald. Then you see, uh, Mitzi pulls out this, uh, kind of green stone from their, uh, cloak. And and they say, this was uh, what was powering Nid. Uh, he's a uh, construct of mine. So uh, I'm, I'm going to compare the emeralds that I have in my hand to the power source of the construct and see if it looks distinctly different. Okay, uh, so the emerald that you have is just, um, it, it's, a, it's kind of like a, uh, actually, yeah, it looks like kind of like a diamond, but it's green. And you show it to, uh, to Mitzi, and theirs is, it kind of looks like a, an amalgamous rock. It just kind of looks like a lump of something. And you look on the inside of it and you can see that there's like something wispy on the inside of the rock and it just seems to be glowing green as it kind of like almost beats like a heart. So they're very, very different. Uh, I'm just going to inspect uh, the emerald that that Elagos is holding to see if there's anything that... to see why that part did not get covered. Sure. Um, you can go ahead and do so. So if you, um, you roll Arcana, yep. right? All right, go ahead and roll. And that one. Um, it's, you see that this emerald is quite possibly like the most magical thing, uh, that you, that is in this room. It's like this, this thing could like power like all of Ruel for like years. It's just a power source. That's a lot of magic. In that I, emerald. Are you are you sure? 
slaps j- slaps the emerald. You can fit a lot of magic in this bad boy. <laughs> uh, it, do I do I remember like I've seen fixes before in like the grand hall or wherever. Yeah. Do I remember this emerald that I'm holding being glowing before, in the same fashion as this gem? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, it, it looks exactly the same as when you saw it in the uh, hallway, uh, inside the hall. I feel like we're not making much progress with these gems. Maybe we should try to explore more of the tower. Yeah. Yeah. And after you guys uh, do come to that conclusion, uh, you kind of hear some rustling uh, towards the top of the uh, of this pit area. And you see uh, an almost metal uh, dubilious Derek Cochran emerge from one of the corridors uh, further up in the room. Uh, and he kind of just looks down. He's like, what are you doing down there? What are you doing up there? I'm working on an experiment to get the hell out of here. Would you like to help me? I mean, they've got fuck all else to do. Let's go help them. Yeah, why not? I'll take the, yeah. I grab onto the hook he is dangling over the edge and and pulled up. All right. Uh, so you, you see that it's a more of a grappling hook that's been uh, affixed to the corridor. Oh, uh, no, a plot hook. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, so you grab onto it and you you climb up towards Dubilius. And as you uh, as you all kind of get up there, uh, you can see that most of Dubilius has transformed into metal. Uh, only the left half uh, portion of his face is still colorful plumage. Uh, and you can see that the metal is kind of creeping over the right side of his face towards the left side. And he says, come, we have not much time. Uh, and you can see as he begins to walk down the hallway, the back of his head uh, seems to be, um, the, the metal seems to be creeping further and further towards the left. Uh, and he uh, departs down the hallway uh, that you guys see in front of you. I follow. All right. So as you do so, uh, you, you, the rest of you notice that those who had been blasted, so Breathweaver, Wilhelm, Mitzi, and Ander, notice that as you are walking, the metal begins to climb up your legs now as it seems to have taken over uh, most uh, most of your feet and the uh, clothes that surround it and like your boots or whatever you're wearing. But uh, it doesn't feel bad. It just feels kind of devoid of heat, kind of like there's no, there's, there's no heat there. It's just very cold. Um, and as you guys begin walking, like your kind of footsteps begin to start clanging and you enter a chamber like before. Uh, the one that you guys had seen, Oakley Boomerian, and you see white uh, fire torches lining the wall and the green symbol of Mistra that appears upon tapestries on said wall. And towards the end of the uh, room uh, lies the three cloaked harpies uh, that all seem to be uh, working on a large metal flask-like device, which you know to previously be the flaskinator, uh, but it looks a lot different now. Uh, different uh, tubes have been added to it and different alchemical symbols have been carved into it. And there is now a small window towards the front that seems to be made of a very thin glass. Uh, and you see Dubilius kind of just turn around and he says, So, I can only assume that the rest of you have been trapped here in this prison. Yeah, that's that's a safe assumption. I did kind of come here willingly well, I, I mean guess. we we can't leave so that's kind of trapped interesting well and then I, I i can assume that by at least now uh and he glances towards your feet that you have some sort of an inkling as to why you are here yeah the orb likes to turn people's feet to metal mm, well not necessarily 
uh, feet uh, just started there. Uh, but you you may have already noticed or some some sort of voice in the back of your head <laughs> might have already told you. But have you been feeling that you're thinking of things more in the form of energy or maybe that's just me? Uh, I haven't really given too much thought to it. But now that you mention it... Hmm. Well... I can at least tell you maybe you're not that far along, but ever since I came here, I've slowly become obsessed with finding out why uh, we, I seem to be collecting and releasing energy and to what end or what magical entity is convincing me that this is something that I want to do. And you may have seen this before. You know this, the steam uh, that is rising uh, from different bodies and areas of these, uh, this, I, 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 nothing but to call it a prison. So what is the energy being used to power? That's exactly what I want to know. So what I've constructed here is I've modified my flaskinator to change it into a heatinator. What I want to do is I want to find out why I am being convinced that I need to collect and release energy and to what ends is controlling me to do so. So I believe the best way to do that is to collect heat from this very place. Okay. You, you follow me so far? Uh, yes. Yeah, is, is okay. there more? Well, yes. Uh, now, <clears throat> as the metal coat that seems to be covering my body and some of yours, I'm finding myself wanting to formulate more ways to expel energy and heat rather than find out why. And it's kind of vexing to me, so I decided to create this. So, <clears throat> the heatinator... What it is going to do is it's going to, once jump-started, begin to collect heat from everything with the exact same surface as it. So which, from what I can tell, and he bangs the wall and it kind of gives off like a metal clang, everything in this area is sort of made out of. And to do so, I believe I need someone else's help. For, for what? To heat up my heatinator. Unfortunately, if I were to give the rest of my heat over to this machine, I do not believe that I would survive long enough to find out why. Well, I mean... Simply because... I mean... Oh. Uh, I, I mean, I, I know the spell heat metal, that helps. That actually could end up helping. Uh, actually would be great. All I need to do is really just collect energy inside of this heatinator, and it should do the rest for us. And you're sure this is gonna work? I am about 85% sure. Wait, so I'm still un, um, a little unsure. Excuse me, I'm not too familiar with metal. I'm more familiar with um, seawater. But why? what's the purpose of getting heat? What is the end goal besides just having a lot of heat? Hmm. You mean for this place to collect heat or for me to collect heat? For you. What do you... So you get the heat. Mm -hmm. Then what? So, how, what I'm formulating it to be is the following. So, watch this, and you see he takes a deep breath, and he exhales. And the metal begins to kind of climb over his face a little bit faster at this point, and the steam kind of rises from his mouth, and then seems to head towards the ceiling where it eventually dissipates. What I understand it to be is that heat is being converted into energy here for some reason, and for, for what purpose, uh, I'm unsure. So you take so, all the heat, you take all the energy, there's nothing keeping this tower exactly. up. Exactly. So, well, a what? 
Well, you take what's powering the tower, wouldn't it just collapse? It seemed like some type of spell or whatever was needed to raise it. If you take the source that's powering it, you think the spell might dissipate, the tower might go away. Exactly. Well, I don't know if it'll make this place disappear. I mean, Is I'm only exactly just... exactly or not exactly? Well, not exactly. I, I'm unsure. I, I don't know if it will complete... Ex well, yes. I'm, I've got, I want to, but I don't know if it will actually end up dissipating so the want, area in which I am You want us in. to, like, power this machine that we're assuming will just, like, gather heat and keep it from the tower just to see what will happen. I mean, the other yeah. the alternative is we just kill more dogs. Yeah, right, fuck it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to cast a Searing Smite. Okay. Uh, well, Wait, hang on. Do don't I have, break it. Do I have enough uh, spell slots for that? I yeah, could I just use Fire Breath. Well, you can all heat it. I don't, I don't care. The more heat, the better. Everyone put your hands in the middle. We'll do a team heatle. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a Firebolt at it, too. Sure, why not? Oh yeah, it's just fireball, everybody. Sounds good. El Elagos <laughs> puts his hands over his head to send energy to the spirit bomb. I will contribute. <laughs> you, you're just you're trying now. Like, <laughs> all right, I fine. Was always so, trying. Who is contributing to the to the heat? I am. I will. Uh, oh, wait, can it do, can it collect like biological heat? I think he said. Uh, no. He, you can. He, he can use it without a fire spell. It will just. It will take some of your energy. All right, so uh, where where would you want me to cast heat metal? Yeah, let's see if that's enough. And if not, I will touch it. All right. Uh, well, there is a small hole towards the bottom. Simply <laughs> just. <laughs> all right, all right, funny guy. There's a small hole towards the bottom. Simply expel heat there. <laughs> what is so funny about this? Nothing. This guy is like this is what Tomas wishes he was. Well, uh, everyone wishes they were me. But perhaps explicitly Tomas. <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm gonna going to just cast heat metal on like the Billy the hole to see what happens. All right, so <laughs> you t warm up the really? little hole. All right, so you touch the heatinator and it's freezing. You immediately begin to feel a chill crawl up your spine as the heat you unconsciously felt inside of your body beforehand rushes towards your hands. Is, as is the this heat to me or yes? He's using heat metal, though. Is it not touch no. range? Oh, I was under the impression that it was. <laughs> you just you just want us to touch your hole. You cast heat metal. You gotta pay the troll toll. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens when he casts heat metal on it from a far distance? All right, you see that it begins to heat up, and inside of you, Wilhelm, you feel a chill crawl up your spine as the heat you unconsciously felt in your body beforehand rushes towards the spell, as if, as if it was being absorbed. The surface of this uh, machine begins to turn slightly red as it's growing in heat, and it the runes that are carved in on the side begin to glow. And as you stop the casting of your spell, you see that the streaks of red that you had casted on the tiny hole towards the bottom uh, begin to fill up those uh, <clears throat> fill up those runes, and they begin to glow even brighter. And then veins, almost pulsating, uh, start to spread across the floor as if the heat it's absorbing was blood, as they begin to kind of just pump like a heart. And soon these veins from the heatinator begin to cover the walls and the hallway where you came from. 
It even begins to cover the ceiling. And you can see the heat nadir growing more and more red as it is collecting this enormous amount of heat. And from the front of the heat nadir, you see the small window where steam is currently being collected and compressed inside. And after a short while, it begins to form a very, very translucent looking teardrop. And as you gaze onto it, you begin to see visions. You see it hurtling towards the ground from high in the sky like a comet. And as it begins to enter the atmosphere, it begins to burn up, slowly losing its form and turning to steam as it crashes into the ground, whereupon it leaves markings, a recipe for creating something written in a divine language that looks identical to the instructions you found within Fixus's vault. And soon these visions become so real, it feels as if you're actually standing in them, almost as if you're a part of them. And the vision changes, and the area around you changes, this pulsating red area, and you see Tomas combining materials in order to create something. And then he turns around and he, he seems to acknowledge you, and he says, well, what are you doing here? I don't know, what are you doing here? Oh my, uh, Working hard or hardly working? I, I like, I mean, I like your, I like your idea or your joke there, sir. Are all of us having this vision? I mean, I guess, I, are you? We're in it now. I mean, what, what vision, what vision are you talking about? This is, this is real, what? Do we need well, more I, heat? I can smack it. I, what? No, don't smack me. I don't need any heat. I, I, I'm just, I'm working on this device that I'm attempting to create. It's a, it should be a, a limitless source of power for uh, my, my transpositioning system. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Wait, what time, what year is this? Is it possible we're seeing Tomas in the past and then he ended up creating this device and it turned him into some monster that summoned this tower? What? What are you what are you talking about? I I I mean what what are you talking about this vision this what you are here in my office. Listen, that that uh limitless power source. Would it would it by chance take the form of like a green ball of fire, like a sun like thing? Or a, or a Sith uh, Lord? No. What? What is? No. 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 It does. It does not do any of those such things. No. It. Um. It. It's. Just watch. And you see, Tomas begins to uh, take a, a metal-looking teardrop uh, from his table, and he's like, "This is just the incantation uh, that I was using to create this." And then, as you guys are watching, you kind of feel the ability to no longer move, and he says. Bind to me and grant my wish. Create what I want, destroy what I do not. Slay the past with my desire, disrupt now with my greed, corrupt the future with my selfishness, bind to me and grant my wish. Tomas! And then you see that he disappears from sight, and so do you now, as the vision begins to shift all around you in the area in which you're standing in. Uh, seems to be the ethereal plane, as you uh, both Elagos and Aul have noticed before, as you are in now the this golden area full of these strings and al alchemical symbols, and you see both him and the teardrop he made uh, teleport into the into the plane, as you all are here now, kind of watching from afar. He loses grip on the teardrop itself, and you hear him shout, "Energy four! And he disappears, and the gem remains here alone inside of the ethereal plane. It begins to rattle, shake, and crack. And then, as soon as that happens, the heatinator 
sends out a shockwave and you're all blown away from this vision. Uh, and you all have to roll a constitution saving throw. A 19. Oh, that's good. Um, Ooh, I got an unnatural 20. 12. That's a three. Seven. Okay, so anyone who rolled below a 15 ends up taking... Forty verp damage. Yikes. Uh, it's 18 uh, fire damage <laughs> as you guys are kind of just blown away. Oh, I'm a tiefling. I'm resistant to that. 18? I'm at one hit point. Uh, I also resisted, so... <laughs> this is not good for you. Ooh, it's hot today! <laughs> I say looking for a round of people applaud at the catchphrase. You see, uh-huh. Breath, we were, like, on death's door. Wilhelm does his best to applaud. <laughs> Andrew is just holding his head in his hands. Oh, dear. Is it because he just woke up? <laughs> and then as as the uh, scene begins to change violently from that shockwave, you see uh, you're all standing far away now as Tomas re-enters his lab uh, from outside, and you see uh, this is just shortly after he has uh, dropped you all off as he seems to be uh, verily pissed uh, at the current moment. He's like, I can't believe it. One joke, and then I made fun of for the rest of the day. Uh, and you, you see... Uh, Inside of this, uh, inside of his office that he walks back into, uh, there seems to be sort of a maelstrom happening. Uh, there seems to be like all this wind whipping around and just sparks of green energy flying about. And you see he kind of just like kind of stands there almost in shock and awe. And then after a moment, he is actually shocked by a large green lightning bolt that sort of appears out of nowhere. And then a, um, a broken-looking teardrop made out of metal seems to emblazon onto his chest. And then he, uh, the, the vision cuts, and then you are all back in front of the Hechinator. See? I told you it didn't have to be the present. I told you. <laughs> and then Dubilia shrieks, uh, I finally understand! I understand! Do the uh, shriek. Rah! He's a bird! Caw! <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So... Tobas made a crystal and then said some words, and then it showed up in his office and transformed him into like a green what? Uh, and then you see you kind of just like I assume you're kind of asking Dubilius this. Yeah, Elagos is confused. Also, Plombo is confused. <laughs> you see, Dubilius begins to like uh, his beak begins to curve into almost a wicked smile, and you kind of look at him now, and his uh. His pupils that were apparent a moment before in the left portion of his face that was there beforehand uh, are now nothing more than a slick metal gaze that seems to be staring far off beyond you into nothingness. And you see uh, his metal followers begin to snicker and shriek as they begin to give off steam that is collected by the Hetonator. Uh, and you see uh, Dubilius says, I understand now. All of this energy that I'm wanting to create, all the energy that is being created is all for one thing it's for the wish and you see he kind of walks forward uh towards the hedonator uh and he begins to just like tap on a couple of the runes on the side and the metal contraption begins to expand a little bit as steam billows out towards the top and he uh he announces to you he's like if you remember uh the original purpose of my hedonator flaskinator was to amplify a potion to tenfold well, I don't see why not. I I can't do this with the steam that is collected inside. Wait, so, you, so you're just going to force the wish into being? 
I'm going to speed it up to get out of here. So he uh, he kind of just begins to tap on it, and more steam seems to be billowing out towards the top of this uh, the, this hedonator, this giant flask. And you see he turns to you, and he says, Climb this tower, and make it so my energy is not for naught. And he kind of says to you, This is the most amount of energy that I can give. His eyes still slicked over uh, with this metal uh, with this metal gaze. And he kind of just uh, begins to cackle maniacally as he begins to uh, turn into steam as like his metal exterior begins to bubble and it grows red hot, such as the uh, such as the same from the uh, the heatinator and his uh, and his followers. And after that, he begins to ooze into a puddle beneath all of you, Ew. and the heatinator lets out a high pitched sound. Uh, and I want you all to roll dexterity. Am I about to die? Maybe. Eight. Um, I got an eight plus seven, a fifteen. <laughs> yeah, that's a nine. Also a fifteen. Also a fifteen. All right. So, and anyone who rolled below a twelve, <laughs> anyone who rolled below a twelve is just gonna take this damage. Anyone who rolled above it does not take any of the damage. Anyone uh, who both rolled above what? Uh, t- anyone who rolled above a twelve. Oh. So, that's not too bad. But you. This person, uh, whoever takes whoever takes this, takes about uh, 10, 10 fire damage, as this uh, as this construct begins to explode in a steam explosion, uh, with a with a pop and a massive cloud that begins to cover the room and immediately forms a cyclone heading upwards into the ceiling as if it was being forcibly pulled there. And after a few moments, it completely disappears and a large hole is revealed towards the back wall of this room, and it shows stairs leading upwards. Well, where were those before? There's only one thing powerful enough to mount these men. Jet fuel. (laughs) (laughs) What? And and you see Mitzi kind of just is like crouching towards the back side of the room. And then Mitzi just says, what on earth? What is jet fuel? Listen, we're an odd bunch. Let's just get going. Agreed. (sighs) Whatever. Uh, We're fairly odd. Parents? <laughs> I swear to... Dude, come on. This is just... The, what, the, the name of this episode is going to be References. Like, it's just this... Then I, I, don't th- I, I can't I, think I, of I a better realized, name. I'm pretty sure we're doing this just to make you mad. Or make you mad. I know you are. We I, also have given Harris enough memes to last the rest of the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought the title was going to be Dan Schneidorb. That's also a good name. Uh, God damn it! All right. So as you guys kind of like peer towards the back of the room where there once was the heatinator, uh, there there there's the um the hole. There's the, the hole, yes, with the uh, with the stairs leading upwards. And I also want to cast cure wounds on myself really quick. That's fine. Yeah. I'll, um, is anyone is anyone else like dangerously low? I'm at full health still. <laughs> Brag about it. I'll, I'll I'll take that as a no. <laughs> Vin's like hmm, that needs a change. <laughs> so Vin, I'm just gonna cast Prayer of Healing. Isn't that a ten minute casting time? I know. So we're just gonna sit here. Yeah. Let's get minutes. out first. Let's get out first. I don't know how long this staircase. Are you Wilhelm, wounded? I, th- I can cure you. Yeah, Wilhelm. I think we should first get out of the tower in case the staircase is somehow ephemeral. Or the entrance, exit, etc. Alright, fine. I, I I can say my prayer to Big Half later. Yes, just 
But if people are injured, I have cure wounds. I can cure you now. Just say something. I have cure God wounds and it. healing words, my friend. We don't have time. So I heal 13. Uh, Lil starts walking up the staircase. I guess Wilfred Weatherbill walks up the staircase. Alright, so you begin to walk up the staircase. And as you do so, you, you kind of like just look around. And normally, like, staircases would have like a wall at least somewhere. Or there's just like, it, it's as affixed to something. But this, this staircase doesn't seem to be leading... Um, on any sort of wall. It seems to just be spiraling upwards, and it has no... There's just empty space here. It doesn't seem like there's anything that would be holding it together outside of just the air itself. Even the stairway itself is not connected to one another. The, uh, the steps themselves are just floating there. I wonder if this is... A... <laughs> I was gonna make another reference. Just, what stair reference could you possibly make? I wonder if this is a stairway to heaven. All right, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, so <laughs> you, you guys begin to walk up the, the stairway, and as you do, you notice towards the very top, there is a, um, a black door uh, that currently seems to be closed. Uh, and as you begin to approach it upon the door, um, there is absolutely nothing written. Uh, there does not seem to be any handle, uh, and you can notice that it is made out of the exact same material that the people were made out of. Uh, towards the bottom of the pit um, that you were in previously. John Peters, do you think you could uh, knock, knock, knock on Heaven's door? I am willing to try. <laughs> I go knock, knock on Heaven's door. I'm gonna smite you. <laughs> Wait, was that a JoJo reference? <laughs> Man, it's the quarantine that's making us all crazy. I'm gonna kill all of you. I'm just gonna do it. Uh, <laughs> no, we're doing that. All right, fine. <laughs> you just hear like a loud thumping, uh, but nothing really, uh, nothing really happens as you knock on. Sparta, kick it down. Uh, I don't think that works on gold. There's a push. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to push it open. See if it's unlocked. Yeah. So. You attempt to you attempt to push it open. Uh, so go ahead, make an athletics check or a strength check. I'll do athletics. Uh, you you're able to successfully uh, push open the door, and as you do, you kind of walk into this uh, room that is incredibly hot. As you notice that towards the top of the room, uh, there is um, a large collection of steam that seems to be just hovering in the air. Do we just see some like large fat men sitting down with a towel around their laps? There's a there's a large metal fat man in the corner. He's got a he's got a. <laughs> Hi, I'm Gabe Newell. <laughs> and as you enter this room, you see that there is a metal fixus kind of standing adjacent to the green uh, wizard Blasto. You guys called him, right? Yeah. That's uh, sitting adjacent to Blasto, who is sitting down uh, on top uh, on on a uh, metal throne, simply just sitting there, almost as if awaiting you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Good Job Adventures. If you like what you just heard, be sure to let us know by rating the podcast on your preferred listening platform. For questions about the cast, business inquiries, or if you can prove that the tree does make a sound, contact us at goodjobadventures at gmail.com. For everything else, follow us on Twitter at gjadventures. But be sure to tell your friends about us, or your enemies. We're still not picky. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Say his name's Blasto. Yeah, that's 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 his name. 
that's his name. <laughs> <laughs>